Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, I'm Dan Alford with ARC Specialties. I'm up here in Columbus with Matt Brinkman, president of Welding Consultants, LLC, a subsidiary of ARC Specialties. Matt's been in the materials testing lab business since you graduated from school in 2007, I believe. And I thought, right. we'd, yeah, I thought we'd talk today a little bit about what it takes to run a lab. Fortunately, I have Matt on staff, so I don't need to know. But I'm curious what it takes, uh, what your challenges are, what, what are the fun parts, what are the bad parts, what have you learned, what would you go back and tell yourself if you could back in 2007? Well, I think uh, I correct the mistakes I've made over the years, but uh, I think the big thing is is an attention to detail, uh, you know, getting out in front of the customer and and uh, listening, tracking uh, material traceability and traceability in the testing industry is, is pivotal. So you make that mistake a couple times, you're not coming back from that. So um, don't 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 uh, make sure that. Uh, that you're you're honest with your customers too. You know, uh, if you do make a mistake, admit it up front and and fix it. That's one of the things I saw you change. Uh, you know, when you requested the indenter machine. So you know, back in the old days, uh, everybody would stencil both the uh, test part and the actual test specimens with with stencils and a hammer. And you're now engraving them, and that way you can engrave both halves of the part. That, that's all about traceability. Right? Yeah, it's, it's really. Um, you know the fundamental mistake you can make as a testing lab is, is probably mix it because you got hundreds of specimens you know at all times and, and and if you mix up any two of those then then uh, you're you're putting your customer in a world of hurt so uh, um, you know keeping everything straight organized uniform and keeping flow through the process you don't want, like to think of a materials testing lab as is almost a manufacturing floor but that's in some ways that's kind of what what it is is uh you wouldn't want to buy a car with uh with, with two parts there are two wires that are crossed in it you know uh, the same as expected of a materials testing lab but even more so because there's a, a public safety element that, that's involved is uh um we test natural gas pipe here and uh the, those properties are are needed to perform fitness of service and other vital um vital engineering uh, um, calculations for for the industry. So you've been working for me for the last seven years, and over that period, periodically you will uh, select a piece of equipment, and uh, and I, I think we always agree to it. But uh, how did you decide which way to go with this company? We I noticed we were talking about CNC machines, hydrogen testing, various testing machines. How does how's that thought process work? Well. In my case, it's a, some of it is, is, is kind of casual, but I, in an earlier career or job, worked for General Electric, and I always, they always did payback calculations, and it always seemed to me it is, is a process where a lot of times the, the cart was put before the horse. They were trying to um, just, they always picked a piece of equipment, and they were trying to use the numbers to justify it, um, right or wrong. Um, they kind of got in their own way. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you let the, um, if you, if, you, if you're conscious of the, the cost of things, um, then I think, um, and you choose the right piece of equipment, then it, then it tends, it tends to just work out, you know, but 
you need to think in terms of robust solutions, is, is my opinion. And you also need to think of personnel. You guys make automation equipment. Well, if you if you introduce complexity or a higher complex system into your into your process, you know, then you, you need to have the personnel to run it too. You got to have both. You know, we bought a, a new machining center out here recently. That would have been really hard a couple of years ago to to run. Did you have the right people? Yeah, I didn't have a competent uh, CNC programming uh, machinist. Uh, and then we're also now uh, taking computer aided machining uh, from a CAD model, and then we're directly dumping it into our machining center out there. That would that wouldn't have been possible uh, w- without the right person, w- without the right software programming, without the right tooling. So all these little kind of pieces need to fit together uh, and, and you can't put the cart before the horse. I guess back to people then and it's fun to watch you guys work. You got, you've got a relatively small group. Everybody has to be versatile. Everybody has to be flexible. But so what are you looking for and where are you finding people? How are you attracting them? Um, I think people for the most part are attracted to, to honesty, you know, be real with them. Be honest with them as, as employees. Treat them as, as, as people, not just cogs in a wheel or, you know, uh, something like that. Um, take a long-term approach uh, to developing personnel. Um, give them room to grow uh, if, if you can. Not all business models, you know, or, or, or businesses kind of allow for that. But if you can do that, then I think people appreciate that. They appreciate honesty. People are, are very good, uh, whether perceptively or just through imperceptible, almost imperceptible cues of, of, of reading honesty, and, and and they know, you know, when something's not right, and and and, and even if it's unconscious, that'll wiggle, wiggle into them. Somebody said, "Do on to others." Uh, <laughs> Who was that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it works to live by. So. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the approach. It's pretty it's pretty simple, but it tends to work. And um, yeah, that, that's um, how I was raised, and so I, that, that's you know just how I'm going to try to treat 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 the people here. So you just had one uh, one of your people just uh, successfully complete the certified welding inspector exam. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's actually the fourth, I think, person I've trained personally to complete that, that exam. Um, and, uh, we're real proud of, of Casey for, for, for getting that, um, real feather in his cap. And he's a pretty young guy, uh, too. He's only in his mid twenties. So, um, that speaks highly of, of himself. And, and, uh, um, he did a lot on his own, you know, to, to attain that, uh, certainly. So, you yeah. passed it first time. First time, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I think it has about a 30% failure rate, you know, maybe first time. So, uh, and, and he did it with flying colors, so so kudos to kudos to him. for. for but uh, I think that, um, you know, kind of all goes back to expectations, but we're going to try to hire the, we're going to try to hire people that are, that are self-motivated, you know, and trying to do the right thing uh, um, in and of themselves, uh, and then get, just feed them a bunch of work where they can learn on the fly and and uh, and, and go from there. So, I think 
I think you're starting to see what I saw at our specialties. That is, initially, you know, it's hard to convince people to share your vision when when your vision doesn't look anything like your reality. Sure. And then, uh, but then as your as your vision starts to look more and more like uh, your current reality, then it's easier and easier to get people to come on board. And I, you know, I've seen the the big changes you made in the shop, the changes you made in customers, the changes you made in uh, the available testing. Uh, that you're able to do here, and I'm sure that helps you to attract better people more easily. Yeah, I think uh, both customers and, and and our own employees, you know, they they uh, they appreciate uh, being taken care of. You know, we're we're out there to help them to be part of a team uh, and uh, to provide a a, a solution. Um, and we'll be honest with them. You know, if, if somebody's taking a, a poor course or or uh, are in trouble, you know, we're, we'll do our best to, to pull them out. And set them straight. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. And uh, a little bit of tough love on occasions, okay. But uh, for the most for the most part, uh, uh, we uh, have a good time, and, and and we're we're just looking to improve ourselves. So, uh, everybody complains about millennials. Uh, what's what's your experience been on hiring millennials? Is there hope for the world? I think that seems to be. I think there is hope. Yeah. Seems like a baby boomer rant is uh, the millennials are lazy or or they're looking at their phones all the time and, and I think uh, um, those things uh, are, are are just kind of generalities that that uh, don't meet necessarily uh, um, you know you, there's plenty of good millennials and I think uh, if I'm not mistaken they're the biggest percentage of the workforce uh, now moving forward in the United States so. Uh, we're, we're stuck with them. <laughs> I'm arguably an older millennial myself, so uh, I'm born in in '84. So uh, I, I I do have an advantage. Is, is maybe they look at me and say I'm I'm kind of like them. But uh, uh, um, so I, I use that to my advantage. But uh, I think uh, if you treat people uh, fairly, if you set the expe- expectations up front, and uh, if uh, you hire the the right people. And, um, and, and uh, really look for the best in them and trust them, then, then they're going to give that back to you. Your business is a little bit different in that you to do this kind of inspection work, in some cases it requires some certification. I'm talking about certified welding inspector to go out and inspect wells in the field, which is what you guys do sure. on, on construction and, and trains and, and and other things. But then... Uh, for the non-destructive testing, uh, what's that certification, uh, the, the level three certs and, and such? Yeah, loosely that's the ASNT, uh, SNT, uh, TC1A, uh, and that requires uh, both a proficiency test and, and, and then also a, um, a written examination and a certain uh, required hours in practice, uh, either both uh, classroom and then hands-on. And, um, yeah, that's a, it's a lengthy ordeal and, and you, you train, you know, you can train people up, uh, to that, but with a level two on hand, um, and, uh, it's, you know, um, you want to adhere to that, uh, just because in the world of welding, you got a lot of mission critical, uh, welds out there that, uh, and, and and what people don't know outside maybe welding industries is, is there's a lot of uh, way different ways that interpretation can go, 
with welding inspection and having that experience is, is really valuable so that so that you're uh, doing the best you can to interpret things correctly um, uh, to avoid any any uh, well failures or, or uh, material failures that, that, that could could possibly happen so the reason I brought it up is I see you doing it two different ways I see you hiring guys with this ASNT certification, then I also see you grooming the young guys and, and teaching them. So I guess it requires both. Yeah, I don't think there's any hard or fast rule. I think what we look for here is the right personality uh, and work ethic, and, and a lot of the you know other things you can you can bring along, um, maybe um, from a technical technical aspect. But um, yeah, I, I think I think both can work. Uh, honestly, so um, whether training up or or uh, or, or, or hiring, so um, yeah. But uh, you know, the younger workforce will eventually become the older workforce. So everybody um, uh, needs a little more training. And I think that's what our, our country has gotten away from for a while, and, and we need to um, do a lot more on-the-job training here than than, than we have uh, as a country. The last couple decades, and because uh, um, things out in the industry are moving faster than what the universities and, and uh, schools can keep up with, uh, they're trying certainly. Um, and there's but there's a lot more tools out here now too, uh, online training and and uh, web training, you know, uh, tools, um, training packages you can send that have you know you can set up uh, easily. So um, I can see that particularly in the trades, become a much bigger thing. So sounds like you've almost created a uh, apprenticeship program, kind of like in the in the in the old school tradition. Or it's not really that different from an apprenticeship program, really. Um, yeah, that's what that's the the original on the job training. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it was for, it worked yeah. for a long time, but then people kind of gotten away from it. I'm, I'm glad to see you guys doing it. Okay, so you uh, you know, particularly when we we first started doing this endeavor together. You had to, I saw you uh, wiring things, programming things, cutting specimens, testing specimens, going out and selling, doing the bookkeeping, all the above. Uh, what? It, Jack so, of all trades, yeah. master of none. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it worked. You know, it worked, and it's grown, and I'm proud of you. So uh, was there any, is there any, uh, I don't know, anything to be learned from that? You know, somebody else is trying to start a business? Because this is exactly my experience. And I remember printing my own T-shirts when I started Dark Specialties. Uh, I think that versatility is is something you and I come by naturally, but I think it's essential if you're going to be starting and running a company. I think in a small business it is essential, and and I don't, you know, there's news about all these sexy unicorn businesses and and, and uh, their their young, you know, leaders, and, and it seems like uh, they probably know a lot about one area and they can get real big you know, grow the organizations, you know, we'll, we'll see if they uh, return profitable or not in the end. Um, uh, hopefully for their sake, they, they, they do, but uh, it certainly seems like it'll be really expensive uh, uh, in the wrong, in the long run to do so. Uh, um, most small businesses, you know, we got to, we got to cash flow and we got to um, meet our, live within our means. Uh, um, so uh, we're going to, we're going to, we do that, and, and then we're going to grow disproportionately, for, dis, you know, proportionally from 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 there. Um, and uh, well, you and I have grown the same way organically. 
Right. You know? And I think what you may be looking at, and, and what I'm thinking you're saying is, is these are funded, you know, with the venture capital or, or something. Sure, yeah. Way. And that, that kind of changes the game. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm proud that we've, you know, with the exception of welding consultants, everything I've ever done has been organic growth. And that's good. It keeps you honest because if you don't have the funding, you don't buy the buildings, you don't hire the people, you don't buy the right. machines. And, uh, and we've forced you to do the exact same thing. So this place is strictly organic growth. And, and I think that's, there's a lot to be said for that approach. Maybe it's a little slower, but... Uh, I think it's robust growth, though. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah. Sign me up. You know, I, I, it's, uh, the world's changing pretty fast. And, and maybe if you don't have robust, robust growth, then... then you have a yeah. fleeting business. Yeah, it could be. You know, what's, yeah. the, what's the typical number of businesses that, are, that an entrepreneur bankrupts before they get it right? And, you know, I'm, I'm still on the first. You're still on the first. So, you know, we're right. I think we're kind of beating the odds. But I, I think the, the part of that, for me at least, was the, is living within your means through organic growth. I, yeah, I, I, I'm old school, I guess, you know. Uh, old millennial or not, but I'm old school, and and uh, yeah, you need to uh, make sure that uh, that register lines up at the at the end of the month, uh, or else you're 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 going to be hurting. Um, yeah, but that's one thing I've seen a lot of people do to ruin their own companies is I call it stealing from their own cash register. You know, if, if you have a little bit of money in the cash register, I usually assume that I've forgotten to pay a bill or something like that, and so I do not assume that it's a Time to go buy a boat or an airplane, uh, and if, if indeed that money is is uh, profit, I tend to try to spend it like we have here. Yeah, machine tools, hydrogen analyzers, you know, people invest it back in the business. Absolutely, you know? yeah. absolutely. It tends to uh, everything cyclical. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. So, what other words of wisdom do you have for the uh, the next generation out there? What what. What surprised you? This is your time. I think what has surprised me the most is how quickly you can kind of turn around a, a business from being um, something that takes uh, an extraordinary amount of kind of willpower to maintain to where you kind of turn the corner and, 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 and now... Uh, not so much a it's it's not so much of a not that it was ever a burden per se but but uh, um, that that success can can build it's kind of like exponent you know uh, interest you, you know yeah. exponential interest compound compound interest yeah yeah and uh, um, how that uh, you know it, in the in the long run um, that that kind of transition period is actually can be pretty quick. Well, yeah, so. I, you know, I think you've taken a different attitude, you know, when you took this place over. Uh, I always say that efficiency is intelligent laziness, and I, I think that's that's what you've done. You, you've figured out what the, the bothersome tasks are and figured out a way to streamline them. That could either be automation or changes in procedure. That's what I've observed. And so rather than sitting there pounding on the same problem for too much time, you figure out a way to avoid that sure. problem altogether yeah we used to hire all uh, jack of all trades to a to a large degree kind of before my time yep. here and um 
you know, we've gotten away from that. So you're getting into more specialization. Yeah. I've had, I've had the same same and changes. I think the uh, the industry's forced us to do that. Uh, the technology, you know, machine tools and other things has forced us to do that. But we're, all, we're a whole lot more efficient, you know, because of it. Uh, and kind of once we flip that switch, uh, it, it's made things quite a bit uh, easier from a, from a management, you know, perspective. We're, we're not trying to, to, to push upstream, you know, quite as much. And that works so. for everybody. What I always tell people is I can't pay you more unless you make more. And I'll give you the tools to be more efficient so you can make more. And, and we'll share the wealth. That's been my experience. And yeah. I think your people believe that. And I've, I've seen you do that for them. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's always uh, ways, you know, we can improve our, our people and processes. And uh, if you're not looking to do that, then you're, you're just going to fall fall behind in this uh, this day and age. So, Like a shark, you got to keep moving. I agree completely. You know, technology keeps, keeps moving. If you don't keep up, you will be a dinosaur. So speaking of technology... It, how uh, we're finding that we're getting more and more of our leads from the internet. Has that, that been your experience or is you, are you word of mouth or how does it work? We do. I think uh, search, you know, internet searches are, are how people find things these days. And um, so, you know, we've got an extensive uh, website presence. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is, is just trying to uh, use the right keywords uh, on your website, um, and just probably provide enough information uh, um, to people that that you can establish trust with maybe the person looking at the screen that that, that you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, and and at that point, they they maybe pick up the phone and and, and call us, um, and, and with that interaction, we're not really looking to sell something. You know, the first time we talk to somebody, we're really just looking, hey, what's your problem? You know, well, this is what you need to look at. This is what you need to be aware of. Um, you know, we can help you if, if, if that works for you, if, you know. Um, but we're just really looking to, uh, particularly in the welding industry, is maintain a safe industry. And um, it's all people's, solve customers' problems. So our specialties, you know, we're doing robots, you're doing material testing, so our worlds are a little bit different. But one thing I find odd is here we are in the 21st century, and trade shows are still a good way for me to go to market. Is that, is that the case for you, or, or is the are you geographically limited to a point that's not the case? Or what do you think about that the ironic the trade shows are still working. For this me. is pre-COVID or post-COVID. Well, no, uh, we, you know, we're, we're starting to come out of COVID, right? Here, here, you know, here it is, August in 2021, and and uh, we've already done a trade show in Houston. It was poorly attended, but it was also poorly attended by vendors, and so proportionally, I think we've had the same number of people visiting the booth. I have no regrets going to it, and I'm going to continue. So I'm going to say pre and post-COVID. Trade shows are, are, are still a useful thing. Am I a dinosaur, or uh, <laughs> you have any comments on this? I think the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, we'll talk, <laughs> why don't we come back and talk again in a year? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to continue to go to trade shows for a while just to, just to gather information. Sure. I think I think uh, people my age uh, uh, approach trade shows as as nice fun get together. Um, other than the, the learning elements, maybe of trade shows, 
but that's becoming a whole lot easier, you know, um, uh, to, to do the online learning, um, the sort of one-stop shop learning seminars available at trade show, I, th- I think uh, may, may be more limited in, in, in the future just because uh, people can get that some of that online as they need it. I think there's a lot of value uh, in trade shows is you don't know what's out there. It's kind of hard to find what's out, what's out there. Ser- you know, serendipity. You can have these kind of serendipity moments. Oh, okay, there, there's a, a piece of equipment over there that, that, that I find curious and it, it may find a, it may solve a problem that, that you didn't know you had until you, you look at it. And um, it's like going to a library as a little kid and finding the book. Yeah. Uh, a random book. Yeah. In, in that, that subject matter index that um, uh, you like, you like submarines. Okay. Here's a whole section on submarines. Oh, mm-hmm. now you can look at every book in that section, but uh, um, oh, oh, wait, there's uh, there's construction equipment, you know, three rows down. I, I didn't know that was of interest to me. So I think the big value of a trade show going forward is, is uh, that uh, you can, you can see uh, all the solutions maybe in one place and realize that you, you know, that's a problem that you can solve in your own organization. And you'd have, you can find that on the internet, you know, it's it's uh, too big. Yeah. You know, and I think people, when they get to a trade show, you know, they're on a mission to learn something. And so they're not distracted by the phone and such. So I'm going to keep going, you know, we'll we'll talk in a year. Sure. So uh, I guess word of mouth is your best though, because you you guys do a good job. Yeah. And then you you get repeat business and and they tell their friends. And I, I think that'll never change. So, I certainly hope not. <laughs> yeah, same thing for us. You know, it's uh, word of mouth, uh, you know, either within a company or, uh, you know, t- people talking to other people. It's, uh, you know, people are looking for solutions to their problems. Sure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the Internet is cer- certainly help, but you can't really gauge uh, trust or, or anything like that. Until yeah, you, you don't know if they're in a phone and really you know, talk In their to mom's somebody. basement or if right. they're a legit business. Yeah. Well, it's been fascinating watch you, watching you run this company. It's a skill set that I don't have, so I uh, really appreciate all your help all over these last seven years. Um, it's fun watching from the outside. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you, where you take this thing over the next few years. Well, I'm uh, honored and privileged to, to run it and uh, very grateful for ARC Specialties for the, for the opportunity and, and, and your help over the years. And, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do the best we can with it. Go from there. Tell you what, why don't we come back in a year and, and we'll do an update. Sure. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. So, thanks, Dan.